Welcome to the Bookwifery Podcast, a weekly podcast that helps you birth your book, your voice, and your audience through discernment, companionship, and guidance. I'm Christiane Squires, the founder of Bookwifery, and my mission is to help you birth books that heal the world with light. Welcome to the show. Hey friends, just jumping in here quickly before to the start of the episode to let you know that I am celebrating the launch of the Bookwifery podcast in a really special way, and I hope you'll join me. In fact, I can't do it without you, so I hope you'll choose to participate. This show is launching with four foundational episodes, episode zero and episodes one through three. These four episodes are really important to help you kind of situate yourself within the landscape of book publishing and your own personal um, potential for book pregnancy in order to know how to move forward. What I'd love is for you to share with me after you listen to these first four episodes, what it is that you learned is true for you about your book pregnancy. I'm going to gather up all the responses I received to that question and do a super special episode of the Bookwifery podcast that allows me to read what people shared they learned was true for them about their book pregnancy and then offer a personal response to each one of you. I'm super excited about this. I love the chance for some sense of community that it will provide right here at the beginning and also just the chance to learn like what is the discernment that's happening? What is the learning that's happening about what's true for you in this process? If you'd like to participate, I'm going to ask that you do so by June 30th, 2018, and you can submit your response to me in one of two ways, either on Instagram at Christiane underscore bookwifery or by email at Christiane at bookwifery.com. Those details are also available to you in the show notes for any of the foundational four episodes. If you go to bookwifery.com slash podcasts, navigate to episode zero, one, two, or three, you'll find details on how to submit your response there too. So I hope you'll participate and join with me in celebrating this really fun launch of this new podcast. Thanks so much. Hello, and welcome to the first official episode of the Bookwifery podcast. I'm so excited to be settling into a series of conversations with you starting today about your book, your voice, and your audience, ultimately offering you as much support as I can as you journey through your book pregnancy. So today to start things off, I thought the best place for us to begin would be to break down the three major categories inside book publishing. What I mean by categories, um, I mean types of books. So we're going to cover fiction, creative nonfiction, and general nonfiction today. And um, I'll say right here at the top that at Bookwifery, I work solely inside general nonfiction, and that's going to be the third category we talk about today. I'm going to break it down, what that means. I'm going to break each of them down and what they mean and what you need to know if you are going to be writing a book in any of those categories. But just so you're aware that moving forward in the podcast, I'm talking specifically to those who are writing general nonfiction, and that's got my heart and my livelihood these days, and I am excited to support those writers of general nonfiction in whatever way I can. Can, including this podcast, but I wanted to start here because I find it helpful for those who are writing fiction and creative nonfiction, um, which are the other two major categories, to understand what makes those categories unique and what you need to know if you're going to be writing a book in those ca- and publishing a book in those categories, because they each have their own kind of 
necessities and flavors and skills. And I want you to have a chance to just from the beginning, clarify what is it that you're ultimately working to write in terms of the book that you're bringing into the world? And what do you need to know in order to move successfully down that path? Um, I I connect with a lot of writers um, or would-be writers or fledgling writers uh, here at Bookwifery who really get caught between the second two categories we're going to talk about today, which is creative nonfiction and general nonfiction. A lot of people uh, come to the decision to write a book because they've had significant life experience, whether that is a lived experience or vocational expertise or um, some kind of transforming life event, and they are feeling the urge to share that with others. And um, what happens is they they find themselves wondering, am I writing a book that is meant to tell my own personal story, or am I writing a book that is going to help other people who might be encountering a similar experience in their life or needing similar knowledge or wisdom based on what I've learned, I can share something with that will be helpful to them. And so we're going to get into kind of the difference between those two postures, writing to share your own story and writing to help other people who might be going through something that you have experience or expertise or knowledge or wisdom about. Um, but that is really the difference between creative nonfiction and general nonfiction. And a lot of folks, like I said, right at the start of their book pregnancy journey are needing to determine, discern, really work their way through the question of what kind of book are they really looking to write? Because the pathway forward of creative nonfiction, which would be telling your own story, and general nonfiction, which would be writing to help other people who might be encountering something similar that you can help them with, is very different. So I want to break down these three major categories. I'm adding fiction into the mix because I occasionally come across writers who want to write novels. And I love fiction. I love all three of these categories and have experience with each of them and just want you to be equipped and know kind of what's the difference between each of them so that you know what you need to know to move forward. Okay, so let's dive in. We're going to start today with the first major category of fiction. So the fiction category is humongous. Um, If you walk into a bookstore and you go to the fiction and literature section, you'll find it broken down into major kind of subgenres. So this might include romance, mystery, thriller, science fiction, Western. Um, But in addition to that, sprinkled throughout there, um, and maybe in the more general fiction and literature section, you'll find things like literary fiction, chick lit, contemporary fiction, and then also you'll find fiction cropping up in the young adult section and in the children's section. So young adult novels, middle grade novels, chapter books for younger readers. Um, And the, the thing that binds these all together are that they are telling a fictionalized story, they, uh, uh, an, a story that is born out of the writer's imagination. Um, some of those novels might include some true elements. Um, maybe they took as the starting point for the novel some real event that happened, and then they imagined their way forward from there, or they brought in these um, kind of extra elements that brought kind of a new life to the story. Um, but really, at the heart of any fiction book um, in any genre include in, you know kind of subgenre included within fiction is that that it's rooted not in reality <laughs> it's rooted in the author's imagination so if you are looking to tell a story that is 
made up out of your own imagination. You want to tell the story of some fictionalized characters in your mind or tell the story about a fictionalized town that you are making up out of your own head and imagination. What do you need to know? Okay, here's a couple things I want you to know. Number one, you need to learn the basic elements of storytelling. So you will want to start to educate yourself by reading books as a first place to start or reading articles online about the basic elements of storytelling. And this would include things like characterization, setting, scenes, dialogue, conflict, resolution, um, the things that make a story a story. You know, we need to have people, we need to have conflict, or the character needs to want something, and they need to go searching for something. They need to be based in a place and time. Um, they need to interact with others. They need to be doing things, and that's the, the making of scenes and dialogue. So you need to learn, first of all, about the basic elements of storytelling. Beyond from that, you also need to then dig into the craft of writing fiction. So this is where I would encourage you to do a couple different things. One is, again, um, absorb as many books on the writing of the craft of fiction as you possibly can. These are books that are going to teach you how to not just tell a story, but how to tell a story well. Um, you're going to be honing your craft. That's going to be very important. That's a big part of uh, the experience of writing a novel. Um, is honing the craft of the actual story that you're telling. Um, additionally, besides you know reading books about the craft, I would also say you could join writers groups. You can probably find some local writers groups where you bring pages for critique um, on a regular basis to the group and get feedback from people who also love working in that particular genre. I would encourage you to, to seek out writers who are helping each other in the genres that they have experience in and an enjoyment of. Um, but the great thing about that is you you get to number one, um, help work with others in, um, you know, kind of experience some community and some connection in what is often such a solitary experience in terms of writing alone in front of your computer every day. <laughs> um, but also getting some feedback from people who are real readers and real writers who are interested in craft and getting better and better and want to give each other feedback on their work and receive feedback on their work. Um, as a third step forward beyond reading books about the craft and joining a writer's group would be to go the next step up, which is to enroll yourself in a formal creative writing class. So you might look at your local community college, your local four-year university, even online, you might find some courses like this, courses like this, excuse me, that allow you to not just connect regularly with the writer's group side of things, but actually receive assignments and to be graded and to be given critique and feedback from instruct an instructor or a team of instructors who are skilled and usually working writers, published writers in that particular area. So look for a creative writing class at your local community college or four-year college, or um, you might find, again, something online or something in your, at your, um, like community classes that are offered. Um, but look to be taught by someone who's doing creative writing in the fiction category who has experience being published in that category. Um, 
Because then again, you're going to be getting an even higher level of expertise brought to your honing of your craft and your ability to tell a good story. So those are those are my recommendations. If you are looking to move into the fiction category, I will also say that when you're writing fiction, you will need to write the full length of the manuscript before you even begin to consider um, querying an agent or a publisher. So really, it's about telling the best story you absolutely can and equipping yourself with as much knowledge and skill and craft as you can in the actual writing right now. So that's your pathway forward. Okay, moving into our second category, creative nonfiction, another category I absolutely love to read and to edit in my um, professional background. Um, This would include, I've named three different kind of sub-genres of creative nonfiction. The first and what I encounter the most often is memoir or, um, yeah, memoir would be the first kind of subgenre of creative nonfiction. A second subgenre would be narrative nonfiction. And I'll give you some examples of these and the difference between them. And then the third one that I've added into this category is poetry. So here's what ties all three of those, you know, subgenres of creative nonfiction together. Number one, they are writing about events that happened in real life. So this is the major distinguishing factor between fiction and creative nonfiction is that nonfiction element. It's it's right. You're writing out of something that happened in reality, something that happened historically or in present day, but is happening, you know, in real life. Um Another thing that binds these three subgenres together in the category of creative nonfiction is a real care for and loved for the craft of writing itself. So here is where creative nonfiction and fiction are very similar. The craft and the honing of the writing ability of the author is paramount. Um, You are not just um, telling a story, but you're looking to tell it well. You are not just writing a poem. You are seeking to craft every line, every line break, um, every word, just as precisely as you can. So this is very much about honing the writing craft. This is very similar to the craft of writing, of fiction writing that I just was telling you about. But again, the difference is that it's rooted in reality. <laughs> so let's break each of these subgenres down. Memoir, narrative nonfiction, and poetry. And I'm going to spend the least amount of time on poetry because I work the least often in this um, subgenre, and it's probably the least popular of the three. Um, but I will say say a little bit about each one. Memoir is by far the most popular of the three subgenres of creative nonfiction that I encounter. This is people who have had some kind of transformative, significant life experience that they think others would enjoy reading about and entering into the world of. So it's just like people who love to read novels, uh, that fiction category, they love to get absorbed in a really good story. That's kind of their main reason for reading it. When you read a memoir, you're also looking to get absorbed in a really good story, but you're interested in the reality, the the fact that that story is rooted in real life. It happened to a real person. So some of the most um, prominent examples that come to mind, Liz Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love, of course, um, 
well, that's probably the most prominent, but I'll give some other examples. One would be um, Kathleen Norris's book, The Cloister Walk, where she wrote about her year of living in a Benedictine monastery um, and kind of going and praying the hours with the monks in that monastery. And she was not a churched person herself. Um, so she wrote about her experience of that. Another example would be Girl Meets God by Lauren Winner, and this is the story of a young woman who converted to Christianity after being uh, an Orthodox Jew her whole life, and she wrote about living into the seasons of the Christian church here from the vantage point of someone who knew what all the Jewish holidays could offer to that experience. And so she just shared about the stories and the background and experience, life experience she had as she was learning how to live into the Christian life and seasons of the church year. And then um, another example I would give of memoir is the book, The Year of Biblical Womanhood by Rachel Held Evans. And this is a woman who decided to spend a year living as literally up to the letter of the law of the Bible as she could in her life and her marriage. And so she did things like wearing a headscarf and being obedient to her husband and really taking passages of scripture that are often controversial and seeking to like, what would it be like to actually live these out to the letter of what they are speaking of? And what can I learn from doing that? So she took, she did kind of a life experiment and then she wrote a book about her experience. So as you can see from each of these examples I've given, these are, these are stories that are really intriguing to people to like get inside and say like, what would it be like to live that? Um, but the person who's writing that book, you know, Liz Gilbert, Kathleen Norris, Lauren Winner, Rachel Held Evans in these books, they're not seeking ultimately to like help us live our own experience. Like there's often a byproduct of that. Like we read these stories, we're impacted by them. We reflect on our own lives. We make some decisions about how we might want to live based on what we gained from that book. But the writer of those books is really just seeking to tell the story of their own experience. And they're seeking to tell it in the most beautiful, true, authentic, uh, gorgeous way that they can. The people who write these kind of books are writers by, um, identity. They have been writing and honing their craft for years and years, especially people like Liz Gilbert and Anne Lamott. I just love the stories that they have shared about their early years as writers, how, you know, working temp jobs or working in bars as waitresses and, um, you know, spending every spare moment they could outside of those, those temporary, um, you know, work lives, um, working on stories and trying to get published and really, really looking to hone their, their craft as a writer. And that's what I would say really distinguishes memoir and creative nonfiction from the third category we'll cover today, which is general nonfiction, um, is that memoirists are really tuned into the craft of writing and their sense of identity as kind of literary writers. They care about the craft and the story of what they have to share from their own experience. And here's where I want to just pause and say, this is the main thing that I get to with people who are coming to me with some significant life experience and they want to write a book and what they want to do is tell what happened to them. And the main thing I'm looking for is, do you have do you have the craft and identity of being a writer in your bones? Is this something you have been honing in your life as a writer for years and years? And if it is, or if that is something you're willing to step into, then memoir might be the path. But if you have never had experience as a creative writer, if you've never really been looking to um, 
really refine and sharpen and you know make excellent your work as an actual literary literary writer then it's more likely that this significant life experience you have you have is meant to be kind of directed toward helping others in general nonfiction which we will talk about next in a moment so um so that's memoir is and what they share in common with fiction is this love for the written word and you know honing the craft but also those basic elements of storytelling so they too in their memoirs are you know writing scenes that have dialogue and characterization and there's conflict and tension and the characters wanting something and seeking something and the story needs to be resolved at some point in the future um, connected to this is that second subgenre of creative nonfiction that I named, which is narrative nonfiction. So narrative nonfiction is different than memoir within that category of creative nonfiction in that the author is seeking to tell a story that happened in real life that is not their own story. So an example of this that comes to mind is a book that I read um, way back at the beginning of like the 2000s called The Professor and the Madman by Simon Winchester. And this is a book that told the story of the man who helped create the Oxford English Dictionary, like how the Oxford English Dictionary, which is like the standard for dictionaries the world over um, throughout history, how it came to be. It's this massive tome. And the story of how it came to be is fascinating. It involves a professor and a madman, actually. And when I read that book, a friend had recommended it to me. I hadn't had any real interest in learning about the Oxford English Dictionary. I mean, I'm a word lover. And I guess in theory, I would be interested in it, but it's not something I would have just picked up. But because this story was so well told, again, having these characters and these scenes and this conflict and this tension and what's going to happen and how is this going to go down? And oh my gosh, look at this thing that just happened and it's going to throw everything into question. It reads just like a novel would, except it happened in real life. It didn't happen to the author, so it's not a memoir, but the author went and did as much research as he could to tell this story as though you're reading it as a novel, like it, like a story, um, but it really happened. And that's what makes uh, narrative nonfiction so fascinating and enjoyable to read, is the author has those same commitment to the elements of storytelling, um, that same commitment to the written word and honing their craft as a writer, but they add in a third element, which is research. So they go and they seek out as much information as they can about their subject matter, and then they seek to tell it in a compelling, well-told story. Some other examples of this would be, um, oh, the book, The Devil in the White City, which tells uh, kind of a, a kind of crazy story of the World's Fair in the early 1900s. Um, when I first was working as a manager at a Barnes & Noble um, many years ago, uh, that was a book that was flying off the shelves at the time, and it was a finalist for the National Book Award, but it was nonfiction. It was creative nonfiction. It was told as a story. It required a lot of research. Um it was not the author's own story, but the author researched the story, cared about telling a good story, and really honed their craft to the level of being nominated for the National Book Award. Um, yeah, another example that's often used for this is the book Seabiscuit, sea Biscuit, um, the story of the horse that um, you know captured the life, the heart of America, and all the people that were a part of his life, and telling the story of how he became who we know who we know now as Sea Biscuit. So again, it's. These elements of storytelling, the the craft and the honing of of the actual 
writing of the story and the research that goes into telling that story. So that's narrative nonfiction. And then third, as a subgenre of creative nonfiction, we have poetry. And I included that here because most poets, unless you are someone like Shel Silverstein or Dr. Seuss, are, tell, are writing poems, again, out of the grist of their own life. So poets like Jan Richardson, Kathleen Norris, Mary Oliver, Billy Collins. These are poets are people who are taking kind of ordinary moments in life and seeing what's extraordinary in them and helping us really look and see them. And they do this through this kind of very structured form that includes line breaks and punctuation and, um, oh, just choosing every single word carefully. And, you know, it's, it's again, that, that deep homage to the written word and to, to being a writer and doing it excellently and to really refining, refining, refining your craft as a writer. So, but usually using um, kind of the elements of everyday life in, in the work of that. So again, another, another aspect of creative nonfiction um, where, you know, the actual writing is important and uh, we're using the realities of, of life to tell those stories or offer those poems. So we've covered fiction, we've covered creative nonfiction, and now we're going to turn the corner into general nonfiction, which is the category that I work in here at Bookwifery, as I mentioned at the beginning. And the way I like to describe general nonfiction is that these are books that are meant to help people in some way. So you might be surprised um, to think, you know, to kind of think about all the different subgenres in here that would fit under this kind of working poor man's definition I've, I've provided here of books that help people. Um, but let's take a stroll through your local bookstore again in your imagination to see what I mean by this. So when you walk into your local bookstore, you might find a section for self-help. You might find a section for spirituality. You might find a section for psychology. You might find a section for business. You might find a section for um, computer programming. I like to bring that example up a lot. And what all of these sections have in common is that the books in them are meant to help the browser, the reader, uh, the browser of the shelves in some way that they are looking to be helped. They're looking to learn something. They're looking to grow in some way. They're looking to change, um, be inspired. Um, and these are these are aspects of things that people who read memoir could also gain when you read a memoir or a narrative nonfiction book or your or a poem or even a novel you could be inspired you could learn something you could be changed you could grow but those are kind of secondary byproducts of fiction and creative nonfiction the main focus of those categories is the tell the well-told story the general nonfiction is right out of the gate. They're looking to help you. <laughs> they are looking to equip you with knowledge, with information, with wisdom, with guidance. They are specifically writing to you, the reader, to say, let me help you learn about this thing that you are needing help with. So again, those, those subgenres I, I mentioned, you know, self-help, spirituality, psychology, business, um, even computer programming, they're looking to teach you something or help you or guide you out of the author's experience, expertise, wisdom, um, their own 
authority to write on those subjects. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I mentioned that um, with fiction, your goal is going to be to write that well-told story and write it in full before you ever begin to seek publication. The same is true for creative nonfiction, just FYI. But general nonfiction is its own special special beast. (laughs) It's not a beast, actually. I love it. So I don't know why I called it a beast, but um, it is its own special, it it gets its own special treatment in in book publishing. And that is that um, you don't have to write the full manuscript of the book in order to seek out a publishing partner or an agent. Um, But what you do need to do is develop um, what I call the three-tiered approach to book pregnancy, which is your book, your voice, and your audience. So in order to kind of walk through the doors of a book publishing experience in general nonfiction, which again is writing a book that is meant to directly help people in some way, you will need to um, put together a book proposal package, three, usually about three, two to three sample chapters of the book and a query letter. And in order to do any of those three things, the book proposal, the sample chapters, and the query letter, you need to have really gotten clear and made progress on your book, your voice, and your audience. So we're going to break each of those down quite a lot through the course of this podcast. I'm gonna, I mean, that really is, the, that's the tagline of, of Book Whiffery is your book, your voice, your audience. And so in this podcast, I'm going to seek to support you and equip you as much as I can um, on in those three areas. But those are kind of what I have identified as the driving force behind publishing general nonfiction. You need to have a book which has, um, you know, some way of helping people and you break it, you've broken it down into the chapters and what each chapter will include and you're writing sample chapters um, for your book proposal package. Um, But you also need to have a voice, which means you have something unique that you bring to the conversation space in your subject matter area. And you also need to have an audience, people who are wanting to learn what you have to teach. And this can be a broader audience that could be reached with your book, but also you're, you're, you're bringing to the table an audience that you have also intentionally cultivated yourself. It's just necessary in today's publishing landscape for general nonfiction for you to have cultivated an audience that um, is a demonstration of people who really care what you have to say, are learning from you, are inspired by you, are growing through what you have to teach them. Um, and so you're bringing reader, you know, potential readers to the table in your publishing partnership. Um, But also, you know, it's a demonstration that you have people that are listening to you as a valued um, and legitimate authority on your subject matter. So that is that is a piece of um, what you bring to the table as an author. And so here is where we get to the differentiator again between writing memoir under creative nonfiction and writing general nonfiction in a particular category, you know, category subject matter area, I should say. And that is um, those who are writing memoir, as we've already discussed in depth, are, you know, focused on the story they have to tell. It's it's from their own personal experience. And, you know, they're looking to hone their craft as a writer and storyteller versus someone in general nonfiction um, has experience to offer maybe a story as well, but they are focused really on helping other people in that same area of transformation, of growth, of learning. Um, And so when it comes to the question of, are you meant to write 
memoir or are you meant to write general nonfiction, I really bring boil it down to the question of intent. Is your intent to tell your own personal story the best it can possibly t- be told as a true and authentic literary writer? In which case, you will follow the path of memoir and you will learn about the storytelling elements. You will learn about the craft of writing. You will do all those same things that you would do if you're writing a novel. You would read all the books you could on the craft. You would join a writer's group. You would take um, some classes from professionals who can help you hone your craft. Or are you looking to write directly to the reader in a way that will help them in their own life based on what knowledge, wisdom, lived experience, expertise that you have to offer them? In which case, you don't have to have all of that that really disciplined writing skill that is required of a memoirist. Um, You can, you can bring that still to the page and that's kind of an extra bonus that makes your book stand out, but it's not the priority. The priority with general nonfiction is your authority to talk about the subject that you have to share about, um, your your background, your vocation, your experience, um, what you have lived through, what you have learned, what you have taught, what you have leadership in. Um, you have kind of cultivated a little plot of land around your life that allows you to be someone who knows something about this subject and can speak to other people about it. So your authority to to write and talk about the subject matter is number one. And your ability to place your subject of your book within the context of a larger conversation that the culture is has demonstrated they're interested in. So we're going to unpack all of this in future episodes of the Book Whiffery podcast, because again, general nonfiction is the area that I focus on in my courses and in, um, in all that I do. But I just wanted to take an opportunity here at the start to help you start to figure out where you might be landing with your own book. Are you looking to write a novel? Are you looking to write uh, creative nonfiction, maybe a memoir um, or a narrative nonfiction in some way? Or are you looking to write general nonfiction that is meant to help other people in some direct way based on your own experience and wisdom, knowledge, insight? Um, And if that third category is you, I'm so excited because going forward, I'm looking to help you in as many ways as I can to help you understand your book, your voice, and your audience, how they all contribute to your path forward with your book pregnancy, your publishing path, your your life as um, a contributing writer in this world. So that's what I have for you today. I hope you'll stay tuned for future episodes. So glad to be on the journey with you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bookwifery podcast. Show notes for each episode can be found at bookwifery.com slash podcast. I'd love to connect with you beyond the show. You can subscribe to my birth notes newsletter at bookwifery.com slash notes, where I share further details behind each week's episode, plus updates on all things bookwifery. My favorite place to hang out online is Instagram. You can find me at Christiane underscore bookwifery or by searching bookwifery in the explore tab. And lastly, don't you just love this music? It's called Lights Dissolve and is produced by a musician named Elliot Middleton. Thanks again for listening.